Blog Talk Radio. Guys, Guys Radio, this is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to podcast number 330. Wow, that's a lot of podcasts, and we're just getting warmed up. We're doing two a week now. Anyhow, it's Guys, Guys Radio, the place where where men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. What I do is I bring different guests on the show to offer offer ideas, concepts, considerations, options, maybe different ways of thinking for seekers, people who are looking for more than what's being kind of served up to them in their day-to-day lives and by the media and by politics and everything else. There's a lot of people awakening out there now. And uh, what we want to do is kind of get the word out there. Hey, have you considered this? Have you considered that? So this evening, our guest is going to be an author and a businessman like myself, Kevin Murphy from New Jersey like myself, from Bergen County, like myself. I think he's from Bergen County. The Three Rooms is his book. It's called Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. And in that book, Kevin takes a deep dive into how to train yourself to be the observer of your thoughts, how to recognize which room you're in out of these three rooms. And he gets into that, the past, the present, and the future. Um, How to activate the power of the question, where am I? How to discover the difference between there and here and how you can actually feel the vibrational frequency of the divine. And everything is energy. And if everything is energy, then our thoughts are energetic. They say there's a cosmic web out there that connects all the stars and everything are connected. And like I was was watching this uh, video about uh, if a nuclear explosion goes off, it goes all the way out through space because the cosmic web connects all these different stars and the, the, the eruption, if you will, from the, an energetic uh, backlash from a nuclear expo- explosion goes all the way out into space. So it's all connected. Everything's connected. Everything's energy. And nothing exists without your thinking of it. So if you thought of something, it already exists. Now it's a matter of putting it out into the universe, putting it out into context, making it reality. And I think a lot of us, in a, we're so busy in our day-to-day, li- day-to-day lives, we get kind of stuck. Maybe we come up with like, I want this, I want that. Or they think the key to, we think the key to manifesting is just saying, this is what I want, imagining I have it. But it's a little bit more than that. And uh, I think Kevin can help us get to where we need to be to put ourselves in a place where you really don't have to work that hard. If you're in the present, you don't have to work so hard. Life doesn't have to be the struggle. It never was meant to be that way. Mankind kind of made it that way. And we have a collective consciousness out there that is not at the present moment all that positive. However, there is an awakening happening. There's a lot of people asking, like, is this all there is? There's got to be more. A lot of boomers like myself, like Kevin, I think, are asking, what else is out there? And I meet a lot of people in the show and just in day-to-day lives uh, who, are, who are looking for more. And they're not sure how to look and where to look. And that's one of the things we do on Guys Guys Radio is to put things out there. So let me just give you a little bit of inf- information on the podcast. 
it all started uh, with my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. That's The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. It's a been called the male sex in the city. It's about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money. My website's robertmanny.com, M-A-N-N-I. Everything about the book and everything we do is there. All of our Guys Guys Radio podcasts are available on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Blog Talk Radio, and on TuneIn. All 330 of them. They're all free. You can download whatever you want. I'm in discussions with some uh, a terrestrial network uh, looking at the show. So uh, hopefully... By early next year, we're going to be reaching uh, a quantum leap, more people, not just in the U.S., but globally. So really looking forward to see what happens with that. It's a discussion, and we'll see how that works out. Um, What's happening in the world out there? Well, here we are in New York City. It rained again today. It rained a bit yesterday and today. And we just, uh, as I keep mentioning, The weather's been lousy here in New York, I'd say 90% of the time, either overcast or rainy or cold since Labor Day. It's just uncanny. It just doesn't seem to stop. Now, I looked at the forecast today, and it said the next five days are supposed to be pretty good, pretty sunny. But you know what? This weekend was supposed to be pretty nice, and uh, it hasn't been. Um, So today I had my son. When you have a five-year-old, you want to take him someplace because – they like to go to the playground and stuff. And uh, if you just keep them in the house all day, they get really squirrely. And we, it's a, he's an only child, so we really wanted to get him out. So uh, I took him, my wife was doing some things at home. I took him down to 59th Street to the Time Warner Center. They have a, kind of a holiday kind of displays. And then we went to Whole Foods and I got him a big chocolate chip cookie and we had a coffee. He actually likes latte. <laughs> he's five. I, I didn't even think I had a cup of coffee till I was in high school. And uh, so he likes that. I only drink decaf. I read some really bad things about coffee this week um, that I know we get a lot of propaganda about how great it is. And I like it, but I've been drinking decaf for a while now. And uh, apparently the caffeine is really not 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 very good for you, Um, that it uh, shrinks the brain. From what I read, it shrinks the brain. And uh, one of the reasons why a lot of times you have a coffee in the morning, then you have to go to the bathroom. That's because the caffeine is poison and it wants to get out of your system. And it really, uh, it really has a lot of issues from what I've read, but uh, you know, America runs on coffee, right? So what else is happening out there? Uh, Yesterday, actually, it wasn't too bad out. We went, I took my son and my wife, we went down to Rockefeller center. We looked at the tree, we watched the skaters. Then we took my son down to Grand Central Station, where they actually have a mini version of the Transit Museum and the mini train show. And it's a replication of New York City. And if you haven't checked it out, it's free. It's right there in Grand Central Station. And uh, very nice. And uh, he loves those trains, those subway cars and all the other stuff. But he wanted a little bus. So uh, I picked him up this tour bus, uh, you know, replica tour bus. So he's been playing with that all day. And... um, and we had a good time this weekend. And then, uh, as I mentioned, last night it started raining, and today it rained all day. It still looks pretty bad out there. Um, but you know what? What are you going to do? You just have to deal with it. So we're getting into the holiday seasons, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. All that stuff was extended throughout the week, like I've been saying. And I think it's just going to keep going except for a couple of electronic deals where Black Friday and Cyber Monday, and that's it. But other stuff I keep seeing, different brands, different retailers. 
just saying our Cyber Monday just keeps going. And whether it's Lucky Brand or J. Crew or Gene Shop, whatever, a lot of these play Gap really, really working hard to move merchandise. And uh, with the perception that the economy is good, I guess a lot of people are going to be spending big money these holidays. But you know what? The signs, you got to really take a look because if you really look at things closely, you know, the price of gas took a little bit of a dip this past week or so after that the murder of the Kashaji guy. And I think the gas glut of gasoline that came in after that may have been related. I don't know. But anyhow, the price of gas went down a little bit, but it's been up. It's been way up since a couple of years ago. The uh, interest rates are up. That tax change, that tax plan um, is really going to whack people in the Northeast because we can only write off $10,000 on the mortgage. And a lot of people, <laughs> they, they have a lot more to write off than that. And uh, the real estate in New York City, which seems it's almost recession proof because there's so much foreign money here. The prices have been going down a bit and the sales have been going down. Now, of course, if you find the right place in the right neighborhood, it's always going to be pretty constant. But you know what? The, there's a, it could be the canary in a coal mine. We'll see what happens with the economy uh, and all these tariffs. So watch your dollars because uh, things could be expensive. And, you know, with this, you know, killing off a good chunk of the affordable uh, ACA, health care, Obamacare, whatever, there's really no replacement for it. So no matter how flawed it may have been, um, there's no replacement. It's like the, uh, you know, the, the deal people criticize that uh, uranium, uh, excuse me, not the uranium deal, <laughs> the Iran uh, nuclear deal. Terrible, terrible. But it kept them out of the business for 10 years. Now there's nothing. So the deal was killed, but there's nothing. There needs to be some type of replacement. If you kill one deal, you have to have something else. The other thing is when America starts like we switch presidents and then the next president says, I don't approve that deal. People aren't going to deal with us because they're going to say, well, how, my, what is this deal going to last two years? And then somebody else is going to come in. So it's really, it could be problematic. Now, Trump seems to be putting a bullet into NAFTA and he's got this other deal, which sounds interesting. So Maybe he negotiated a better deal. I don't know. We don't get the details on this stuff. How can, how can we know? So we need to get more information. All this disruption, as I always say, disruption is a good thing because, uh, because who knows who's been pulling the strings and controlling things. So some disruption is good. But then is the answer somebody who's got all these picadillos and uh, is Trump the answer? That I find hard to believe because uh, I think he's got a role. But I don't know if he's the solution. It doesn't seem to me like so far he's the solution. And uh, it's certainly a divisiveness that's happening in our country. So anyhow, fashion your seatbelts, people. And whichever side of the fence you're on or if you're in the middle, uh, keep an open mind and listen to what the other side has to say. I do that myself, and it really helps just by listening to say, you know what? It's not all black and white. Um, even though things have changed and the Republican Party is not like the Republican Party of 30 years ago or 20 years ago or 10 years ago even, we have to just like follow this look deeper and say, okay, does this make sense? Does that make sense? And uh, take it from there. So anyhow, we've got a great show. Um, I guess, again, my special guest is Kevin Murphy. His book is the three rooms, change your thoughts, change your life. It's really well done. So we're going to bring him out in a moment 
and uh, we'll bring out my little singer friend here, and she's going to tell us what you're listening to. You're listening to the Guys Guy Radio. Fantastic. Welcome back to the show, Guys Guys Radio. Robert Manny, your host. Um, Kevin Murphy, let me tell you a little bit about him. Let me get out my introduction for Kevin uh, because he's a fascinating guy and he's, he's a seeker. And uh, that's why I wanted to have him on the show. Former Wall Street Managing Director, high school and collegiate wrestling champ, community activist, speaker, coach, author of the book that we're going to talk about tonight, The Three Rooms. He was at Citigroup for three years in sales, marketing, option trading, and becoming an industry luminary in the options field. He felt called to take a step away from the corporate world in order to bring forth a book that would draw attention to a concept that became clear to him during quiet periods of reflection and meditation. That's what I mean about seeking. He started applying these concepts while dealing with people in business, the youngsters he coached in wrestling, and his own personal experience, including how it can impact people in our country being pulled into the opioid and drug epidemic, which is really rampant. You know, it's interesting. I, I got operated on it about four years ago and they gave me oxycodone and some other stuff and I didn't even want to take it. And then when I did take uh, the first operation, I didn't take enough of it. And I was like, wow, this hurts. The second time I took the prescribed dosage. But then when I got home, I took it for like two days and I just stopped. I didn't get any, any, just maybe it's just me. I didn't get any high or anything or like, oh, I have to have that. It just, I took it when I felt pain inside where they had operated. But um, so I don't quite understand how these opioids have gotten out of control like that. Cause I don't know. I had never got like a, a buzz or a, um, a, 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 a Jones for it, but it happens and it's uh, rampant in our country. Anyhow, let's get back to Kevin. The premise beside, beside, behind three rooms is simple, but profound. It explains that our experience of life is not based on what we have or what we do, but rather it's based on what we think. And so Kevin sets up a paradigm of three rooms, the past, the future, and the present. And whichever room your thoughts are in determines your experience. So let's bring him out right now and talk about Kevin Murphy's book, The Three Rooms. Good evening, Kevin. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. Um, hello, Robert. Thank you for having me on. My pleasure. And uh, you're a Bergen County guy or you're, you're in Jersey, right? No, actually, I'm uh, I'm in Limbrook, Long Island, but I oh, okay. but I do know a number of people uh, from Bergen County, especially from uh, from my wrestling days. Some former teammates um, are in Bergen County. Okay. Did you grow up in? Is it Long Island that you're from? Um, yes. Yeah. Born okay, and raised so on Long Island. All right. My bad on that. Sorry. I don't know why, no where, where I got where I got uh, Jersey from, but uh, I guess from Long Island and Jersey are kind of kindred spirits because we're <laughs> close to New York, but we're not in New York, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So let's, your book. I I I I read the questions that get sent to me, and then I make my own questions, and I have like 25 questions. So I don't know how we're going to get through all of them. But basically, why don't we start with um, your experience, where you're a corporate guy, and uh, you said, "Hey, I've got to write this book." What happened? What was the kind of trigger, the inciting incident that put you on this path you're on now? Well, I wouldn't say it was one one path, and I certainly wasn't expecting to to write a book, or and and, and certainly not a, a consciousness-minded book. Um, but I'd kind of been on this maybe you know the spiritual path for 20, 25 years, and just going through a lot of 
between personal things, things at work, mergers and stuff, um, you start to, you know, look within um, for for some answers. And I did that for a long time, and and I just started getting the premonition that I was going to write a book. And eventually, the concept of the three rooms came out. And you know, as I started writing it, you know, originally I just wrote down ten chapters. And um, over the next three years, I literally just spent time just filling in those chapters. You know, and maybe things came from movies or books or songs, um, sometimes, you know, from personal experiences, just from life. And as I filled in all the chapters, um, you know, after a while, they were, they were all filled in. I figured this is, this is a good time to step away and, and, and publish the book. Okay. Now, what gave you the uh, – and what's behind the uh, paradigm, if you will, of the, the past room, the present room, and the future room? How did you get there, and what does that all represent? Well, you know, originally I, just, I had this image of three doors, and, and they're clearly they're labeled the past, present, and future. But, you know, I kept describing what it was like behind each door and the place where our thoughts go. And so in the past room, it's kind of something where you're thinking about something in the past, and it's causing negative emotions. And so maybe something someone, you know, said to you or did or something, so you're feeling anger or maybe something you did or didn't do and you feel guilt, those kind of things. But anything that you're looking back and, and feeling negative emotions. And the future room is when you're looking to the future, you're thinking about something in the future, and it's also causing negative emotions. You know, maybe, you know, stress about something that's coming up or, you know, anxiety or, or just a feeling of lack. But once again, it's associated with, you know, typically a worst-case scenario, but it's causing negative emotions. And when you're in the present room, it's when you're, you know, you're just literally focused on the now and you're feeling all positive emotions. And ultimately, how you feel is, is the big driver. And that tells you which room you're in because it's okay to move from room to room. You know, all day long, our thoughts are constantly moving back and forth. That's okay. But it's how we feel when, when we're, you know, thinking about the past or how we feel when we're, you know, thinking about the future um, and, and especially being in the present moment. Um, that's where we find, um, you know, all these feelings of, of appreciation and satisfaction and, and ultimately derivatives of love. Okay. Let's, uh, you mentioned, uh, I think it's on page 12, a thought is a vibration that is stored as in a field of potential probabilities waiting to manifest. Could you elaborate a little bit on that? What we want to do is get your concept, get these concepts out there to our listeners, keep it, uh, you know, in kind of layman's terms so everybody can relate to it. Well, I think, you know, you, you said at the beginning of the show, you know, everything is energy. And I think we're, you know, finding out more and more, you know, quantum physics is showing um, more and more and explaining what the, you know, ancient mystics and, and ancient spiritual teachings used to tell us, that there is, you know, everything is made up of this consciousness. And so um, we're in, you know, we live in a vibrational universe. So, you know, a thought, when you think about, you, you can think about something, and then not think about it for a while. And it may be three days, it may be three years, and all of a sudden you think, oh, I remember that. I remember when I used to think about that. So what happened to that thought? 
I mean, you remember thinking about something, and now you haven't thought about it for a while. I mean, it's, it's gone somewhere, and it, and it came back. And it really is. A thought is a vibration, and it is stored as energy in this mm-hmm. field, in which you, know, you can call it the quantum field. You can call it this divine consciousness. I call it the field of potential probabilities. And it's being stored in this field, you know, waiting to manifest. And, all, and your negative thoughts are being stored there. And all your inspired ideas are being stored there. And what you end up manifesting in your life is based on the vibrational frequency or, that you put out there. That's kind of what you're you know, alluding to what you were saying earlier. So if you mm-hmm. have constant negative you know, um, you know, thoughts and you're, you know, thoughts of you know, revenge or you know, to get somebody back and you're constantly thinking about that, that's going to bring more of those negative emotions into your life. You're just going to keep attracting more and more of the same. But if you get an inspired idea and you keep feeling really good about it and positive and I can't wait for this to happen and, and you're on that vibrational level, those are the kind of things that you're going to start to attract into your life. So what manifests is based on, on the thoughts and vibrations that, that you put up there and you put out and you're now attracting them back into your life. Okay. You see, uh, maybe this is a way that you say it in the book. Tell me if- Observation is the key to the formation of physical matter. Yes, because if you think about it, so so each room, you know, you can, you know, your thoughts can go in the past room, they can go in the future, or we can call the future room, or the present, or the present room. And like I said, whichever room your thoughts are in determines your experience of life in that moment. So the key is to know which room your thoughts are in. And in order to know which room your thoughts are in, you have to observe your thoughts. And it is that active observation that separates your awareness from your thoughts. And so you're no longer at the effect of your thoughts. And that awareness is that divine consciousness that all the mystics have always talked about. And that's what we want to tap into. Okay, so for people, um, I think the way we're programmed in this current life in our society is everything's very reactive. You get up and do the same thing every day. You get home and do the same thing every day. Uh, something happens and you react, or you're proactive and you go out and get ahead of it. Uh, how, how? What you're saying is, um, and I agree with you, you have to be an observer. Not only are you living in the present, but you're observing how you're thinking, right? Correct. And, and look, and everybody's, everybody's hearing more and more about mindfulness and, you know, and, and living in the now or being in the now and living in the present moment. And mindfulness is just the conscious awareness of your thoughts. And that's all this is. I mean, this is, this is just making it more simple because more and more people are, know that it's so important to be aware of your thoughts but we just really don't do a very good job at it. And so this is just to kind of make it easy and say, you know, look, I, I know I'm feeling negative emotions. Why, you know, what am I thinking about? Oh, yeah, I'm thinking about what, you know, what so-and-so said yesterday, and it keeps bothering me. And so it starts with being aware that, okay, now you know what's causing, the, you know, those negative emotions. Now you know you're, you're, you're mad at this person. Now you can start to do things to move back into the present room and to let that, those thoughts that are causing those negative emotions go. And it may mm-hmm. be things like, you know, forgiveness, and there's other things that, that can, you know, let you let it go. And it's not that you're going to let it go immediately, but you're going to be aware that you keep, it's your thoughts that keep pulling you 
away from the present moment, which is feeling good right now. And we okay. all have the power to feel good. We just relinquish that power to, based on everything we see and hear in the physical mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. No, that's true in our society. So uh, if, could we agree that, like, the brain is kind of a processor? I'm sure. Okay. So um, we need to learn to observe then without judgment. So we have to observe, we have to think and live and exist and be present. Then we have to be aware of how we're thinking. And then we have to make sure we're not making a lot of judgments based on that. So it seems like um, what we need to do is we need to be able to slow down our thoughts, slow down our reactions to everything so we can kind of get a handle on ourselves. And that's one of the ways of being present. Is that true? Um, yes. And, and, you know, to clarify when you say, you know, the brain is like a processor, but, um, you know, remember a brain is just an organ and that's, that's not the consciousness. That's not the thinker, um, you know, know, of your thoughts. And so there is, there is a consciousness of where we came from and where we're going to. And that's, you know, Mm -hmm. not to, not to get from a, too deep on a, on a spiritual level, but we, we do all have, um, you know, we'll, we'll just call it an, an, an inner being or a non-physical part of us. And, and we have access to this, this you know, universal intelligence and this, you know, this consciousness. And that's what we want to tap into because that's, that's the part of us that's aware of our thoughts and that's aware of our thinking. And so, you know, if you're feeling stress every day, if you're not aware that, that you're feeling that stress and it's because I'm thinking about this one thing over and over, and it could be money, it could be you know certain things, it could be a relationship, and so you can nail it down. But if you're not aware of it, and you're just you just keep going every single day, like you were alluding to earlier, people just get in ruts. You know, you go to bed, you're worrying about things. You wake up in the morning, you're still you start thinking about the same things. You're getting all stressed out, and day in and day out, you're just constantly getting more and more stressful. And so it starts with being aware of it and saying, and, and if you make it simple and saying, okay, I'm constantly living in the future realm. I've got to come back into the present realm. So how do I do that? And we can touch base a little bit on just things you can do, but um, it's, there's a big difference between stressing about the future and living in the present and creating your future. Mm-hmm. And and there's there's a huge difference, and not many people um, can can really grasp the difference. All right, let's take a half step back um, because the name of the book is the Three Rooms, and it's about changing your thoughts, changing your life. So, uh, for the benefit of our listeners, real quick, why don't we talk about what are the three rooms and what's the significance of the three, and uh, how do we keep ourselves? Maybe then we'll talk about some practices to stay in that present room. But you got three rooms: you got the past room, the future room, and the present room. Yeah, and, and and again, it's just thinking it from a from a linear standpoint where your thoughts go. Um, that's it's easy to place them in different realms. And so you're thinking something in the past. You know, we call it the past room when there's negative emotions because you're thinking back about something that happened, and at that time you were feeling negative emotions. So you're going back in time to that place. And you're leaving the present moment because right now, when you are aligned with, with your own, let's say, you know, higher consciousness, your soul, 
your higher self, whatever you want to call it. Like being right now, um, there's a there's a feeling of you know all the derivatives of love, and peace, and, you know, and and satisfaction, and all those things that you when you're feeling good, you start thinking about something in the past. You're, it's causing negative emotions. You know you've left the present moment and. Now you're getting you know, st- you know stuck in this cycle, and again in the future it's causing negative emotions. So even if even if it's not you know your thoughts, you can't monitor your thoughts all day long. And we have something like sixty to seventy thousand thoughts a day, and it's impossible to monitor all of them. But everyone can monitor how they feel. And when you're not feeling positive emotions, now you know you've left the present room. And typically it's because we let everything we see and hear in the physical world determine how we feel. Instead of starting with how we feel inside early in the morning and then letting that affect everything we see and hear. Now, um, for myself, uh, something that's worked for me is the first thing I do when I wake up, I, I do some kind of app, app, uh, affirmation, meditation type things, but really trying to connect with my tr- and uh, be uh, with my higher self and be grateful. Um, talk to us a little bit about the importance of uh, mindfulness practices to get you, good, you know, some practical tips in terms of how you suggest people can kind of start their day. Because what we want to do is for the listeners to get them to like, okay, I understand if we focus on the past, there's a lot of baggage that I'm dragging along with me. If I focus on the future, there's an anxiety there. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? I need to be present and then take things as they come, kind of. So to get into that, even but most people have so much monkey chatter going on, it's really tough to really get in a place where they're kind of living kind of behind their eyes, if you will, and can kind of watch what they're doing while they're doing it and, be, and start at a blissful, kind of happy place. What are some of the things people can do to kind of shift the way they're living from this frenetic, reactive way to the way that you're suggesting in the book, which I totally agree with, is to be much more mindful and present and, and, and but, appreciative. Yeah, I think it, I think it's a great point because typically the room you start the day in is is, is very often the room you end the day in, and so um, the, meditating in the morning, you know, is one of the best ways to come into the present room. But very simply, it can start even the night before. Right before you go to bed, if you're thinking about all the things you have to do the next day and how you're going to be handling problems and you start feeling some of the stress, you know, in, right before you go to bed, typically that's what you're going to be thinking about when you wake up. So I like to just think two two words before you go to bed. Just say thank you, thank you, thank you. And just keep mm-hmm. repeating that. And you don't even have to think about things you're thankful for. You'll start to do it, but you start saying thank you. And then the morning, right away, the first two words you'll start hearing in the morning is thank you. And then a little bit of meditation is always a good thing, five minutes, ten minutes, because it's just it's the absence of thought. And that brings you into the present room. And that, you know, in the present moment, that's mindfulness. That's what it's all about. It's the absence of thought. And as you mentioned, appreciation and gratitude helps keep you in the present room all during the day. 
just a being appreciative of everything. That's why I like to say thank you before going to bed and just thank you in the morning. And then mm-hmm. you start your day that way. And as you're going out and, you know, as you're going, you know, driving to work and, and you know, you're starting your commute and you're starting your day, you're already in a, in a rested place. Now, life can start pulling you in all different directions and start those ne- negative emotions. So one, one simple thing all during the day is just, okay, where am I? Meaning, where are my thoughts? Or which room am I in? Because every time you ask and answer that simple question, where am I? Or which room am I in? Mm-hmm. You have to be aware of your thoughts. And now you've just co- literally connected to that that awareness or that consciousness, that universal consciousness that we all share. So just being able to say, okay, where am I right now? Now you may be you know, all pissed off about someone because they cut you off in a car, but you're like, okay, where am I? I'm, I'm feeling, all right, I'm, I'm in the past already because it already happened. Let it go. All right, I'm, I'm, now I can move back into the present. So just constantly being aware of it. Where am I means I'm connecting to that consciousness that is aware of my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Great answer. No, I totally agree. You know, one of the things, I don't want to get into my own stuff too much, but another thing I do at night when I, before I go to sleep, you know, uh, is uh, I, I review the day a little bit, but also ask for uh, some protection for family members, et cetera. But then I, it was interesting because I, I was, for a while, I was thinking, oh, if you want to connect with your higher self and spirit or whatever, you want to open yourself up. You figure, hey, I'm going to sleep for seven hours or so. I might as well be open for business. Well, that gets pretty busy. So I've actually had a much better experience over the past month or so where I actually, when I go to sleep now, I say, now I'm going to shut down. And, uh, and it really makes a difference in the quality of sleep. And I still get very vivid dreams and uh, I get information but it's uh, coming. Uh, it's not. I'm not just overloaded. Do you? Do you? Uh, what's your experience with that, Kevin? I know I don't want to get off topic, but I just yeah. Think no, I, I think it's. I, I think. It's, I think it's a great idea. And you know, if you can just say, okay, I'm shutting down. Okay, I'm. You know, I'm letting everything go till tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. You know, any way, anything that can release thoughts of thinking about something else in the future, anything that can you know, generate thoughts of negative emotions, those are the ones you want to let go of. If you want to fall asleep thinking about thoughts of appreciation, that's fine. And that's why people you know, say their prayers at the end of the night you know, and they say what they're grateful for. And, and we teach you know, young kids to do that you know, in, you know, at night because there's real reasons for that. Um, but then, you know, and you can take this through, you know, the, the real challenge is, is, you know, during the day, how are you applying these things? How are you applying these mm-hmm. things to life? And, and look, you, you, know, you've, you know, you talk a lot about dating, and you've, you know, written a great guide um, for the guy's guy. And, and you know, mm-hmm. and, I, and I love the concept. You. you. know, and, you know, it, the, the three rooms applies, you know, in, in all cases. Think about mm-hmm. just yeah. if you're going on a first date, you know, the past room, if you're constantly looking back, what are you going to start to do? You're with a new, you're starting out in a new relationship, and you keep thinking back, 
you're not going to be thinking back to a high school football game. You're going to be thinking to past relationships. Right. And then you bring that into this relationship. You say, oh, yeah, I know. Well, my old girlfriend used to do this, and I used to do that, or my ex was, you know, was like this, and you, know, you wouldn't believe what she used to do. Nobody wants to hear that. And now exactly. you're taking past relationships into this present moment, in this present relationship. You're simply going into the past room. Mm-hmm. And if someone sets you up on a date and, and you, you know, they say, wow, this is, you know, this is a great guy or, you know, or a great girl, whichever it is. And, you know, they're, they're really successful. You're really going to love them. They're very attractive. And you start thinking, oh, my God, they're not going to really like me. And, you know, what if they don't like me? And now you start worrying about whether he or she is going to like you. Well, your insecurities are going to show through. And you're going to create what you're trying to prevent. You're going to all of a sudden be this insecure person that she's not going to want to be with because you keep thinking in the future about what happens if if she doesn't like me and, and all of those fears. But if you show up and you're not thinking about the past and you're not in the past room or you're not worrying about the future and you're just not, you're monitoring your thoughts and you're not thinking there, say, I'm just not going to go there. And you start Focusing on the present, what does that mean? It means you know, you're showing up for the date and you're paying yep. attention. And mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. That just means you're living in the present room. Yeah, no, and you're great... being there and you're paying attention to her. So it's it just that's how these things apply. It's just your thoughts and you're either going to past, future, or being right now. And it's the things that you talk about, other people talk about. It's living in the present. Got it. Very great. Another great answer. Um, you talk about the paradigm of the, the movie theater in the book, which I found pretty interesting. Could you talk to us a little bit about that, Kevin? Sure. I think that's probably one of the most um, you know, important concepts in the book because that's, that is our experience of life. That is what's happening. I mean, we're all you know, actors in this movie of our life. And so what we project out how we think and how we feel is what we're attracting back into our lives. And um, so, you know, once again, if we're constantly angry at people, you know, we're angry at, you know, certain people, then we, we project that out more and more to others. They feel our anger. And, and you can typically pick out someone who always seems to be angry. And they just have more and more of that or people who are constantly stressed and constantly worrying about things, and and they're just verbalizing that over and over, and they just keep having things that just aren't quite working out for them, and because that's what they're pushing out, and that is reflected in their experience of life, and that that is a movie theater. Think of your thoughts and your emotions, you know, in each room, depending on which room they're in, they're projecting out, and there's a movie theater that those thoughts are projecting out, and that, that screen is the movie of your life. And so if you're thinking thoughts of appreciation and gratitude, you know, those are things you start to attract positive things into your life. And so in the future room, you're constantly thinking, I can't do that. You know, I'm never going to be able to do that. You're listening to other people say, you know, you're not good enough for this. You're not, you know, um, pretty enough. You're not handsome enough. You're not smart enough. And we start to think, yeah, I, I'm, I can't do that. And that's, that's becomes our experience of life. But if we can, in the present moment, how we start to create our lives is literally we start to imagine and visualize our desires and what we would like and it's almost like a script is being written 
if you can think it, and I think it was kind of what you were alluding to, you know, at the very beginning of the show. I mean, if you can imagine something and visualize something, think of it as as a script. Your higher self has already written a script for that, and that can be attracted. It's just like a thought going into this field of potential probabilities. And so now there's a new script being written. And do you want to be watching that movie and, and that script? You can attract all those things into your life. And that is the movie of your life. And you can be living that movie right now. And so if you are desiring something, you think of it, well, I know it's coming. I just haven't gotten there yet. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy this. Because when you see a movie for the second time and you know what's going to happen and you know something really good is going to happen to somebody – you don't fast forward just to get to that point. You keep watching the movie, and you know that something good's going to happen to them. Well, we can do the same thing in our own lives. We visualize it, imagine it, feel as if it's already happened, and then live our lives looking for all the opportunities to make it come true. Yep. Because, yeah. again, it's not to sit back and do nothing and then, you know, right. a, a million dollars pops up in the, and, and it should be a bed. You know, you follow all the signs, but you, you imagine it's already happened. You imagine that script is already written. Mm-hmm. And when you're, when you're in that area of awareness, then you see the opportunities that might seem small that might have just passed by because you were so busy stuck in the past room or the future room that you might not have acted on it. So you do have to be aware and then you have to act on the opportunities that come to us in all different ways. It's not just, here's the opportunity on it. You have to look at something and say, how does this thing work? Where, or, or an opportunity might not be, it might come at you indirectly and it, co- it connects with something else that turns into the big door opener. Right, right, Kevin? I mean, you're a business guy. Exactly. Like I am. You have to, exactly. It's not going to show up and say, this is your opportunity. You have to be able to be, have enough uh, presence where you can see, like, I see, you know, on surface, this is not exactly what I was thinking of, but this might be the ticket to get to where I need to be to make other things happen. So I'll cross this bridge and see what happens. Yeah, it's a, it's a tremendous point. You can almost look at as a, as a game of clue. You know, you, mm-hmm. you know something's going to be happening. You've already visualized it, and um, you're just looking for all the right opportunities, and you're expecting them. And so you're going, you know, is this – what about this? Or, hmm, is this it? Or maybe I'm supposed to go here. And you really, you, you look for those intuitions um, and those, you know, the, the feelings, things that feel right of what you should be doing. And then you keep looking for those little signs and those clues and, and, and try to follow them. But if you're, not, if you're not looking for them, and especially if you're doubting them, they're not going to be coming. Those, they, they keep popping up. But you're just not paying attention to them. And so, you know, and like you said, it's not going to be always neon lights or like a big sign saying, here, go here, and, and, you know, you've won lotto. But it's going to be little things. And, and someone says something, you say, oh, you know what? 
I was thinking about that yesterday, and that's you know. So what do you, what do you know about that? And they tell you about someone else, and then you start talking to them, and next thing you know, you know, you, you have you know, you're on your way towards you know achieving one of your major desires. Now, uh, another area that comes up that you talk about in the book, and I I, I interview lots and lots of people, a lot of people in the space that we're talking about, and intuition is always a topic and learning how to trust your gut. And I think a lot of people are afraid of listening to their gut or their intuition because we live in a society where everything has to be quantified and like gut reactions, you know, there's so many metrics, whether it's, you know, in advertising, it's all digitally, it's all quantitative now. And that's why you don't see the big ideas. Maybe, you know, dilly dilly, you get a dilly dilly every now and then, but there's such just so much boring advertising. It's really like promotional stuff. That's what they're, that's what they're serving up. And it's because the business is so measured uh, that nobody can have afford the time, chance, or listen to their gut. And so more and more in our society, since everything is measured, people are not going with their gut. And if they are, they're doubting their gut. They're saying, is that just myself? Am I just talking to myself? Or is this really something that my higher self's helping me out with? How does the, how does the everyday person who has a career and uh, family and all types of responsibilities. How do you learn to work with your intuition and uh, your gut? Well, it's 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 a really good point because you know the the, the term you know follow your gut sometimes gets a um, you know a, a negative connotation that you know there's there's no, you know no substance behind it. But you know you mentioned something about you know doubt and you know if you're you know, if you're feeling negative emotions and you're feeling doubt, then you're 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 not going to be getting these, um, you know, let's just say these inspired ideas, um, you know, to be able to follow, because you know you have these negative emotions and and they just can't they can't come when an inspired idea can't come when you're feeling negative. So you have a desire. You really want something. And, and first, a lot of people just don't take the time to really think about what do I want? What is it that I really would like and, you know, to attract into my life? And when you really start to think about that and you really start to think about your desires and I'd really like this or I'd really like that or I'd like to meet this type of person, then it's about – you know, one expecting it to happen, or in believing that it can and that it will, and then you know not doubting it. And that seems simple, but what I'd like to say is you you need to enjoy the gap, because there's always a gap between when right now and the desire, the, achieving the desire that you want, finding that relationship, getting that job, making more money. So there is a gap. Now you know what you want. And you're, you're right here. You're thinking about it in the future. And this is how you're creating your future because you're doing it right now, visualizing as if it's already happened. And you need to enjoy the time, the space. It's like I was talking about if you think about this is the movie of your life and now it's written into the script. You're going to meet that guy or you're going to meet that girl that you want to meet. You haven't met her yet, but it's going to happen. And where is she? And, and I don't know. I know... I know it's going to happen, and you can be excited about it because it's, it's going to happen. And that space or that gap between now and, and achieving your desire, you're excited about it. And that is going to 
close the, the linear time frame of when that happens. But if you can't enjoy that gap, and that's where everybody makes the mistake. You, you're here, you have this desire, and then mm-hmm. you start to, ah, it's not going to really happen, it's probably not, and you start doubting it, and now you're not attracting all those things, those getting those inspired ideas and, and, and making the right you know, decisions of, of following the right paths because of all the negative emotions you're feeling. So look at where you are now visualize where you want to be in the future. That's not, that's not going into the future room. That's envisioning a future, and that's a big difference because you're feeling the positive emotions of it, and you're enjoying the time between now and when that desire actually manifests. Mm-hmm. Well stated, Kevin. Um, I am, as part of that, um, and part of our self-talk and our managing our thoughts, uh, instead of getting, it's very easy to get into that negative track or d- doubting, uh, but we, if you eliminate the negative words and and even the future words, instead of like I want, it's I am. And uh, you know, people don't realize how powerful I am is. I mean, God, when He originally spoke to, I guess it was Moses, uh, He said, "Call me I am." And uh, so the way we use that is, you say I am. I, I catch myself all the time. Like I've had a head cold. I said, I, I, I'm, I'm sick. You know, nope, don't say that. I am thankful for feeling well. I am getting better. I am better. You know, you have to really, it's a, you have to catch yourself no matter how skilled you get at it. I am is really important. Could you talk to us a little bit about that, Kevin? Sure. And, and that's a, that's a really great point. I am is our awareness of being. That is how we define ourselves. And unfortunately, we always, you know, add one word to the end of it based on what everyone else says, and that's the word not. You know, so I am not. I am not good enough. I am not this. I'm not. And like I mentioned earlier, um, and so I talk about getting rid of the not. You have to remove that not. So now you just have I am, and I'd like to insert one different word into the I am statement, which is I already am. Mm-hmm. And when you think about that, like if you want to be healthy, you want to be wealthy, you want to be wise, you want to be happy, um, you start saying, I already am happy. I already am healthy. You're coming then from the place of being. That one word, already, empowers you to come from the place as if you already are it. And then you start to do all the things necessary to achieve it, or I already am happy. It's not like I want to be, I'm going to be happy when this happens. I'll be happy when that happens. No, I already am happy. Right mm-hmm. now, and you say, wow, okay, I, then I'm not waiting for anything. And if you slip that in, I already am happy, it is, you say it to yourself a couple of times, it's very empowering. And you can't uh, kind of BS yourself. You have to, it has to come from a real place because otherwise you just, it's not going to work. It's not going to stick because if you're not being authentic about it, it's like, don't, don't, don't bother. Right. You have to have the feelings that come with it. Um, you, you hit um, a critical point right on the head. It has to be something that you believe is true. I can't say I already am an NBA player. I already am an NBA basketball player. I have about a three, I have a three inch vertical leap. 
I, I just I know I'm never going to be an NBA player. So I can visualize, you know, I can say that all I want and, and visualize it, but I know some part of me knows it can never happen. It's just exactly. not going to happen. So you have to believe that it can. And that's why you have to soften things. It's like, you know, people just say, you know, I want to be rich. I want to be rich. You know, okay, and but then they said, well, I'm never going to be rich. How about, you know, just I already am. I know, I, you know, I can be financially secure. All right, I already am financially secure. I can visualize that. Now, that's a softer desire and visualization than, you know, being exactly. rich. And so you start with that and, as, and, and allow it to build. But you hit it right on the head. You need to, you need to believe that that statement and that visualization perfect okay kevin murphy the three rooms change your thoughts change your life kevin great job pleasure meeting you tell everybody where they can find out more about you your website social media where they can get the book etc okay well the three rooms is available on amazon and, and barnes and noble um, the website is just www.thetreerooms.com and so on, on Facebook, the three rooms, um, and, uh, and and Twitter, Kevin Murphy, three R for the three rooms. Um, but you know, it's, I appreciate being on the show. It's really been a pleasure. Mine, mine too. Thank you so much, Kevin. Great to meet you. Best of luck with the work, and uh, look forward to your next book when it's out. Let us know, okay? Very good. Thank you very much, Robert. All right. All right, folks, our special guest this evening has been Kevin Murphy. Once again, the book is The Three Rooms, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. Uh, Truer words were never spoken. Uh, Change your thoughts, change your life. Kevin Murphy. So we're going to take a quick break, and I'm going to finish up, and uh, we'll just take it from there. The Guys Guide Radio. All right, we're back on Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny. Um, just a qu- couple of quick thoughts at the end. Um, great show tonight. I really like what Kevin had to say. And I think Kevin admits in his book, this, he's not telling us anything that's really new, but he's pulling together and aggregating a lot of truth that's out there. And he packages it and presents it in a way that's very digestible and very, very smart. So uh, uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, secondly, uh, if you want to support Guys Guys Radio, I'm not asking for money or anything, but I will ask you to do this. Consider um, picking up a copy of my novel, The Guys, Guys, Guide to Love. You can look at all the reviews on Amazon, and I think you'll be impressed. It's been called uh, The Guy, the Man's Successor to Sex and the City by uh, 20th century iconic author Dan Wakefield, who wrote a bunch of movies and, uh, and novels, and also a book called uh, New York in the 50s. But uh, he, he dubbed it... Uh, the men's successor to sex in the city. So it's a lot of fun. It's a rom-com. It's a romp. And also if you could, if you like the show, download it, rate it, subscribe on iTunes. Um, you know, it just takes a couple of minutes. Just go to iTunes and rate, rate it, review it. And if you want to subscribe, you'll get a copy of each podcast in your, I guess in your mailbox. Um, so thank you for the consideration of that. Thank you for being, uh, supportive of Guys Guys Radio and me and what I'm what I'm doing in terms of trying to get the best best information out there for all of us to consider and then you do what do with it what you want to do with it. You know it's interesting about you know uh, what I do now is uh, f- uh, for a while I was kind of opening on myself up at night. I figured okay, 
I can get connected to uh, the universe and just open my crown up and get everything downloaded. And it became too much, too much open for business. So I decided instead, shut down for the evening. And uh, by doing that, I've actually got my dreams have been very clear. I'm not sure what some of them mean, but I've gotten very clear cinematic dreams and uh, a lot more restful sleep. I had a bizarre dream last night. Maybe you guys can tell me what you think this means. I don't know, but I was in a car. I was at a, like a, there was like a kind of a playground type thing, but it's all, you know, in a dreamscape. And I went past, we were going past um, this part of the playground and Eric Clapton was there and people were like, that's Eric Clapton. Don't look. So I, I looked when I went past and I wanted to take a picture. People wanted to take pictures. I'm like, wait, 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 be cool. And then all of a sudden I'm driving and Eric Clapton sitting in the, sitting in the passenger seat. And I'm, I, I'm an Eric Clapton fan, but I'm not like a huge, like I love the stones, but I, I don't like Eric Clapton as much as the stones, even though he's certainly as talented. And he, I was talking to him and he's telling me, he was like doubting himself. And I said, what? He goes, you, you don't know my sister. Uh, and, uh, you know, she gets great grades in school. And I'm like, really? But she's not Eric Clapton. And he said, oh, you don't know. She can write a novel in two sentences. And I'm like, really? And I was driving and then I woke up. What does that mean? I'm not sure yet. I'm going to take a week or till the next show. And I'm going to try to figure this out. And then I'll get back to you on that. But anyhow, Keep track of your dreams. If you can, when you wake up, don't move. A good way to remember your dreams, i got two tips for you. When you wake up, don't move. Don't open your eyes. Don't stir. Try to go through the dream again, and you'll retain a lot of it if you do that. Once you start moving around, the curtain comes down and it's gone. Another thing you can do is keep a pad or a composition notebook by your bed with a pen, and the second you wake up and have that dream, grab that notebook and start scribbling, and um, you'll, you'll, it'll get easier and easier to do that. And uh, then you might find some truth in because dreams, you know, it's part of our reality. So anyhow, <laughs> enjoy your sleep time. Uh, this is Guys Guys Radio, your host, Robert Manny. I want to thank everybody for listening to the show. We're back again on Wednesday night. We have Dr. Joseph Lieberman's back. He writes about light and how we look at light a different way than what light really is and what it represents. So uh, we had a great discussion with him a couple of months ago. I invited him back and he sent me a couple more books. So we're going to get into it on Wednesday. And until then, I hope you have a great week. And remember, like I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first. Mm-hmm.